Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. Our subject today is God, the only cause and creator, and we're so glad that you all could join us this morning. And we'll start with the morning prayer. I'm reading from pages 312 of Miscellaneous Writing and 77 of Divinity Course and General Collectanea. <coughs> oh, may the love that is talked be felt and so lived that when weighed in the scales of God, we be not found wanting. Love is consistent, uniform, sympathetic, self-sacrificing, unalterably kind. Even that which lays all upon the altar and speechless and alone, bears all burdens, suffers all inflictions, endures all piercing for you and for the kingdom of heaven. For God is all in all, the only creator of the only universe in man. We are his children, and we do realize the all-fullness of the omnipotence of God. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful. Thank you, Florence. <clears throat> Watching point. Watch number 448. Watch that you grow in loyalty to God and love for Him. You may believe that your loyalty is unimpeachable, but if you were sick and in pain, and you were offered relief and health with no God in it, if such a thing were possible, the question is, would you accept it? Mrs. Eddy was so unceasingly and increasingly loyal to God that she refused to accept that in which there was no God, even when it came to her meals, the clothes that were furnished her, and the service that was rendered in her home. A student cannot claim that he is loyal to God if he would accept financial security, or business success in which there was no God. Loyalty to God means that we desire nothing and will accept nothing apart from demonstration, which is the same as saying that it has God in it. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, comments on that. She even had some roses delivered one day that she had thrown out because she knew the thought behind it was not from God. Simply means we should have God in everything we do, in everything. Yeah, that word loyal, I asked myself, um, a lot of the time, is what I'm about to do or is what I'm thinking, being loyal to God? Am I giving any power or presence or attention to anything besides God? And I'm not being loyal. And when I say that to myself, oh, wow, that really stopped me short. Thank you. Yeah, I was grateful for this watching point this week because Something I've observed over the years of being here is that the people here, they they ask for very little, <laughs> you know, and before coming here, it seemed like everyone in my life was asking for a lot and not contributing much, whereas people here ask for very little and contribute a lot, and all the all that they ask for is, is this, you know, demonstration, being loyal to God. Well, thank you. That's good, yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's a good demonstration, a definition of demonstration. It means it has God in it. It means you've asked God, prayed about it, 
and um, how important that is. And that's why we talk about here, anytime you do anything, you ask God, is this going to bring me closer to God or farther from it? And and that will keep you safe, whether you're having a friend, a marriage, a, a, making a move, your business, whatever it is you do. Um, years ago, and, and this probably isn't as applicable as it once was, but um, Mrs. Evans would tell us that uh, all this moving around uh, when you would get a promotion in your business and you'd have to move various places, she said that was malpractice on young families mm. and that it was taking them, you know, your family. And we were all young families. Most of the church was full of young families then, taking them from their school that they started perhaps, or, and certainly mainly the church. And so when people got offered raises and promotions to move across country or someplace, they wouldn't take it. They stayed. Thank God now a lot of people work from home, so maybe this isn't as critical. But it was just maybe an, a, an example. Another example here in New Jersey, we have a f- lot of pharmaceutical companies. And I know, I know Lil, for one, she would never accept. She got job offers from these pharmaceutical country, companies, but she wouldn't accept them because she felt that it was, uh, you know, it was against her Principles. Not, not loyal to God. Not loyal to God. Yeah. Duty never points in two directions. Thank you. Duty never points in two directions. That's Mrs. Eddie, right? Yeah, from Collectania. Yes. Yes. So especially if you are in a, in a quandary whether to do this or that, remember that duty never points in two directions. God has a place for you, and when you pray, you will be in that right place, and you won't be in the wrong place. And if you should find yourself in the wrong place, well, then you just learn from that experience. Say, wow, I don't want to have that happen to me again. This was real horrible. <laughs> Usually it is. Learn from it, give a testimony, and be better for it. Yeah. 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 Yes. So th- thank you, and thank you for um, – it's Karen that chooses these watching points every week. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think you have to be careful if it's if you're doing something that you've done many times before, right? That you don't just do it. You Thank go to you. God. That's so Get in true. a rut and keep rudging. Yes, it's <laughs> <laughs> young. That's a it's real thing. No autopilot. Yeah, because it was right a day ago, a month ago, two years ago. Each each thing that comes should be up to you prayerfully to decide whether it's right or not not just because you've done it so many times might be a good reason not to do it (laughs) god makes all things new yes you have to approach it with a fresh perspective when i was reading this watch too i was thinking you don't want to compromise with error you know and it's easy to do that like you were saying with jobs and stuff you know we had a client come in that involved in pharma and I've asked not to work on it. It's the only client that we have in that particular space. We we have a ton of others, but I, I asked my boss, I said, I don't want to work on that account. And I was also in a position where I was offered a job by an old boss of mine in, but it was pharma related. But I just thought in general, I was thinking, gosh, you, you don't, the more you start making compromises and compromising with error, I mean, look at what the church did and look at, you just, it just, takes you down a, a road where you just compromise more and more, and then suddenly there's no God in anything. That's exactly right. Thank you. Yes. Yep. And in and, and America particularly, Big Farmer has gotten so huge. It's the answer, other than God, which it should be the answer, but any time you, time you have a physical problem, you take pop a pill. Um, that's America's solution. And look where it's gotten us. Thank God we have to be the, what is it, the plumb? Oh, the plumb line? The mm-hmm. plumb line, yes. Carry the standard as best as best we can. And that was to raise the standard for all mankind. I mean, we, we have a responsibility. We do, a purpose. This is This lesson is all about purpose in many ways. 
who is speaking. Was that you, Florence? Yeah, I was just going to say, yes, uh, it's a standard for mankind because a lot of countries look at America, what's happening here, and follow. So, Thank you. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we mustn't fail in that purpose or we will have no country because if we were established for this purpose, and, and we have been in so many ways, and that's why Christian science was able to be discovered here. And established. Established and established here. Yeah. So I I found this lesson this time of year, I call it the cleansing lesson. <laughs> um, God, the only cause and creator. Because already, I know, and Florence too, you're already hearing these stories of the bloody holidays, this family stuff. And Mrs. Evans called it the bloody holidays for just that reason, your blood so-called blood relationships. And this lesson is all about God being the only cause and creator, and he is your father, mother, God, and he's the father, mother, God of everyone. And Christ Jesus said, "Who are who's my mother, father, sister, brother? Mm-hmm. Who? Those who do the will of God. And the more you can live that and find your connection with others in that way, the happier you will be. And if, if you go pursuing the so-called blood relations and there's not no demonstration in it by that, no God in it, it will blow up in your face, <laughs> as, as I certainly know and probably most of you here know as well. It, it blows up in your face. Even, I mean, sometimes your intentions can be really good, but you have to be... Good intentions minus wisdom equals evil. Yes, <laughs> thank you. That yeah, that was such a good wherever that came from. Good intentions minus wisdom equals evil. And I think too that when you're before or if you're going to somebody, one of the families, or they're coming to your, I, I learned this or I gave a testimony about it a year ago that if we're only there to bless. You know, we're only there to express the Christ consciousness. That's our only motive. Um, it can't come back in any way but to bless those around you. And it's all about not what you're going to get. It's how you're going to make others around you feel. And that's what it's all about. And if that's all your motive is, that can't do anything but uplift the thought of everybody around you and bless the whole experience, whatever it's going to be. Yes, you make a a law that that is what it will be. Um, but, But also, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. So again, it's a matter of... of It's a matter of obedience, isn't it? Yeah, thy will be done. Thy will be done. If God directs you to go, you go. No matter what, no matter what. It can be the worst situation in the world. If God's telling you to do it, you do it. And don't be surprised if someone becomes enraged or offended at your, uh, at your presence. That's, you know, that's the chemicalization that brings error out to the surface to be destroyed. And yes, it will be a blessing for that person <laughs> eventually. Eventually. Yeah. But, but first you have to set the precedent with them. But but you have a you have a you know, it's like you have a standard to maintain, not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of everyone around you. And then Nine and a half years of my being here, not once has having anything to do with my kids or whomever interfered with the work. So, and I think that's an important part of it. If they're getting in the way of work, it's not right. I, I was, I was pleasantly happy, pleased when Jeremy first came. He's very new. You heard he didn't even know what a responsive reading was or golden The golden text. And and he wouldn't see his children but every other week, right, at that time. Mm-hmm. But they came, and I thought, well, you know, he's going to not come to church or we won't see him. He was so new, and he wouldn't understand any, any of this. 
from the very beginning. He always came. His children stayed home, right? They were home. They didn't oh, come yeah. with you. Well, Isaac One would come. Yeah, oh, yeah, Isaac, that's true. Isaac them. would come. Yeah, Isaac came. But he didn't have any problem leaving them, and he he did, and it was quite. I was I was really and happily impressed with that. He never was absent from his post. He was never off guard. He was never ill humored, and he was never unready to work from for God from the very start, even though he didn't understand a lot of it. And uh, it was a big lesson because. I mean, that, that is how we were trained. And at first it was rather painful for me because I, I always, it was always, you know, whatever my family was doing, I wanted to be doing. But, um, I just learned to put what I had to do for God first. And I, I can't tell you what that did in this cleansing that I'm talking to you about cleansing. Um, and I was of much greater help to my so-called human family because I was doing this. I was able to help them at times. Uh, I, I just can't tell you what it will do if if you do it. And it's sometimes not easy. And there were times when your so-called human family didn't want to be around because it was so, you know, foreign to them or a rebuke to them or whatever. But eventually... They all came around. And it's like, it's what Jesus said. And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. Now, they may not come immediately. It may come years later. But you, <laughs> but you will draw all men unto you. How, how could you they know? Don't come immediately, so. What's that? It's probably best that they don't come well, immediately. Well, that's true, too. Give yourself time to learn. That's true. Uh, very much so, because it, if you haven't gotten your roots, it's like the sower and the seed. Um, you can get toppled over. You have to have time to Let's prepare the soil. Prepare the soil and have your roots so you aren't toppled over. Um, you know, because they'll come tell you we're crazy. Church is crazy. The ideas are crazy or whatever um, the human mind will say. And, and you've got to be strong in what you know so you're not toppled over. By, by whom you might think, oh, well, they're my family. I have to listen to them. So anyway, the, these are all really important lessons, this cleansing process. God, the only cause and creator. Um, and we do a great disservice to our own children if we don't know this. Must know. You never created anybody. They, they weren't born into matter. They will not die, die out of it. It's God. God alone, cleansing process. And um, so the golden text, Lil. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Now, who do we think that's about? <laughs> well, it's certainly Jesus. Jesus. Yes, it is. But I can very well remember in one of Mrs. Evans' classes, she said, you know, we can claim this for ourselves, too, now. I mean, as long as we're living the Christ the best we know how. Um, again, Carrie sent me some beautiful articles this week. And Barnes notes on the Bible, my servant. This phrase denotes properly anyone who acknowledges or worships God. Anyone. Anyone who is regarded as serving or obeying him. It is a term which may be applied to anyone who is esteemed to be a pious man or who is obedient to the commands of God and often applied to the people of God. And then mine elect. This is a Jameson Fawcett Brown Bible commentary chosen by me to do this great work of meditation and redemption, to which he is said to be sealed and sent. Now, I had gotten an email a while ago from Eaglet, I guess she goes by in, in Florida, and she was saying, I guess in reference to our Bible study, the difference between remnant and uh, elect. Yeah. And this is from a B. Cobby 
Chrysler, who's written on the Revelation. And it says, the elect are a special subset of the remnant. The remnant have been throughout all time, but the elect have a special role in the end times. And it goes on. So the elect, I guess, is sort of elected <laughs> or some way. It's, it's a little, yes. Maybe. Probably proven what you've been able to do, your place, because of the work. Thank you. Yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, the, the the term elect here is a noun. It's often confused with the verb, I think. Right. Um, they, they, they are not elected yeah. by God. They elect to serve God. Yeah, thank you. That's with their a whole heart. Way. Yes. And that is what and that is what designates them or you if you're in that group as the elect. Called according to a purpose. Thank and, you. And answered. Correct. And answering. Yeah, we've gone around with this, but in some ways I think we've come to the conclusion it's not like anyone is specially elected by God or cho- even chosen by God. It's those who hear the call and, and do it. And that call is always calling, right? Because somehow it doesn't seem right that God would choose others over others. <laughs> I mean, God wouldn't, I can't imagine God so doing open that. Open fountain free to all. Exactly. Yes. I also equate Mary Baker Eddy. To this because she's all she's in the Bible. She was prophesied along with Christ Jesus, and um, so when I as I was reading this, I thought like it's all true about Mrs. Eddie too. Um, so she's just as much a part of the prophecy as uh, Christ Jesus. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as it being for everyone, I wanted to go back to that thing about me <laughs> not missing anything. That was only because I realized it was my it was my rope out of hell. You know, that's what kept me coming. Yeah. Not not that I'm special or anything right. like that. So <laughs> anyone can do it if they realize. So. It's true, and and also Jeremy was extremely humble. You know, he he never argued. He never um, he had that quality about him. And he has said, and he was, he was prepared all these years. He said he wondered why he was doing what he was doing, but it was in preparation for being here. And I know I can say that about myself, too. Why in the world was I doing what I was doing? It's, it's all in preparation. But again, go back to the watching point. If all that you do, you put God in it, if all the selections you make, you put God in the middle of it, you will keep arriving in the right place. Even though you might walk through a storm, a bad storm, um, you will come out in the right place. Again, your motive will lead you aright. And it's so important. You know, a lot of the troubles in the world with the youth and uh, anybody is because they haven't found their purpose. Their divine purpose, your divine purpose, you can maybe have some human thing you think you're supposed to do. But until you feel that connection with God and you know what you really are here for, the path will be pretty rough, right? The thing that makes you look back on all those twists and turns through your life and makes you see it as a straight line. Yes. Yes. And in that beautiful article, Pond and Purpose, where Mrs. Eddy says, and this is, um, again, Carrie sent it to me, but it's one I love and work with often. Beloved students, you have entered the path. Press patiently on, and your growth will be rapid if you love God supremely and and understand and obey the way shower, who, going before you, must scale the deep ascent of Christian science Stand upon the Mount of Holiness, the dwelling place of our God, and be washed in the baptismal fount of love. As you journey and be times long for rest beside still waters, ponder this lesson, learn its purpose, and in hope and faith, where heart meets heart reciprocally blessed, 
drink the living waters of the spirit of my life purpose, namely, to impress humanity with a genuine spirit of practical, operative Christian science. If you ever wonder about what your purpose is, that's it, okay? That you can do that anywhere. You can do that in the grocery store. Impress humanity with a genuine spirit of practical, operative Christian science. Anywhere you go, you do this, whatever it is you have to do, and you are fulfilling your real life purpose, and it will bring you great joy and satisfaction. And remember, to love God supremely, there's nothing mysterious about it. I think a lot of people kind of blaze over at that concept. It means to love the truth, to have no tolerance for error. It means to love life, spiritual life, which is the only life, and not be glamored by, you know, material things, so-called. It means to love love, divine love, and not have any tolerance for, you know, envy or fame or, you know, any of that stuff that gets in the way of loving divinely. It means to love honesty, to love principle, to love justice. This is all very practical because these are the things that God is. And these are the things that we need to love as his image and likeness. And when we do, we find our life purpose real fast. (laughs) And, you know, speaking right now of many of you having things, maybe you go to events of various kinds. I mean, one thing we learned here, and sometimes it was, again, another painful lesson. Mrs. Evans really never went anywhere where she wasn't correcting things, people, situations. Um, if you go in and you just say, oh, this is all lovely. I'm just having the best time of my life. You're probably sound asleep. <laughs> really, you are. And I, I know that was shocking to me. I wanted to have a good time. I wanted to just say, everything's lovely. It was great. Well, you're just soaking in that human harmony, and my, it's fine, but it's not really. And usually you go home absolutely screwed up. (laughs) You don't know which end is up. Seriously, think about it, okay? Think about it. I had to think about it, and I had to learn. And um, maybe you don't have to necessarily speak to it, but you at least have to mentally uh, be correcting things in your own thought. If you go out uh, in any situation, mortal mind is rampant, okay? And you've got to have your armor on, your sword in hand. And, and your, try the spirits. Try the spirits and not just get into it. Or your thought will be drifting and you'll be getting all kinds of thoughts of envy, jealousy. All kinds of things will start to come over you while you're thinking, this is so lovely. So. Just be alert. Be ever on guard. Ever on you know, guard. I, I remember something where, um, <clears throat> like, the, the more you progress, the less tolerance you have for certain situations. And, you know, when you hear never enter an immoral atmosphere unless your motive is to correct it, you know, that's a, that's kind of a lofty statement. But then when you, Put yourself in those situations where you know things are going on that are wrong. Um, when you don't know as much in science, you might be able to get away with it. But the more you know, the more imperative it is for you to really make sure you're not putting yourself in that soup. Absolutely. That's right. Mm-hmm. And And the more you know, the more painful it will be for you if you don't. And in many instances, you'll just stop going to those things. You just you just can't put yourself into it unless an attempt to purify it. If you can purify it, do it. Just make sure 
a wonderful article, Radiation Versus Absorption. You go in radiating, but you, this requires prayer. And as I tell everyone, always prayer before, prayer during, and prayer after. Okay. Before you get yourself ready, you get, you get yourself armed and ready. During, you stay alert and awake to what's going on. Don't get dreamy eyed or stay longer than you should or however it will work on you. And then after, to make sure it didn't contaminate your Christ consciousness in any way to bring you down. And then, on top of that, <laughs> you don't go in the first place unless God directs you to go. Oh, yeah. Sends you, yes, this Parthen's oh. article. Jesus sent. never yeah. went anywhere unless he was sent. And and if you really do this, it'll eliminate a lot of extra activity that maybe you don't have to do, and you're much better off not doing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really okay to say no. <laughs> yeah, no is a good word. I think Mrs. Zetti says that she should make sure your ability to meet the situation matches what you're yes. the situation you're looking yeah. at. Yeah. 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 And I mean, look at the way, like Elijah and these other people would enter some of these situations. Fiery, right? I mean, that would be fiery. Are you willing to even do a partly that? <laughs> so, um, and it's also important if um, I've learned that if you say no, it comes to you say no, do it with joy. Well, yes, because you're following God, and and also. We, we learned here too. You don't have to offer an explanation. Sometimes that's worse. If you just say, just say no. no. Just like, sorry, no, I can't. You. Yeah, I can't do that. And because you start saying why, and then oh my gosh, I've done that too. <laughs> Pretty soon you're explaining this and explaining that. <laughs> it's just not a good thing. So, sorry, I'm unable to attend. We don't answer to them. No, we answer to God. And if you please God, it matters not who else. You're not pleasing. Yeah, because if you feel like you're on the defensive, you're in the wrong place, dealing with the wrong people, right? Who are yeah. in the wrong situation. Pressure. You should never ever yeah. feel defensive. Yeah, pressure is animal magnetism. If you pressure to do something, to go somewhere, to buy something, stop. Pressure is animal magnetism. As we've spoken before, the only time Mrs. Eddy speaks of it is where? To come out from the material world and be separate. Yes. Yes. And if you do that faithfully, you will have no other pressures. You will have no headache pressures. You will have no high blood pressure blood pressure, all, all these other pressures <laughs> that come to your body, probably because you're running here, there, doing things you shouldn't be doing. You're feeling pressured, often self-inflicted pressure. Um, I've, I've had to learn this. Anytime something is amiss, why? And to get back to feeling peaceful. As Mrs. Eddy says, it's the stately goings of mind, not rushing, not pressure. And I know I've told people here because I do it. Once I feel pressure, I slow down. Stop. Uh -uh. No, thank you. Not doing it. Wonderful treatment for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just did that the other day. Is it? Yeah, right. It, it'll get you running. No pressure. And then you'll find no pressure in your body. No pressured headaches. No pressured whatever else it calls itself. And that last Bible study, that rider on the red horse, was the one that steals your peace. So ah. I keep thinking of that. Don't let it. Don't let anything steal your peace. <laughs> no, and that's the whole intent. Always, it's trying to take your Christ consciousness, trying to get you off guard in some way. So you guard that with your with everything you've got. One thing will I seek after. To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 27. <laughs> Keep your purpose, again, your purpose divine and single. Single. And that will keep you safe. Now, in the, in the responsive reading, it talks about a bruised reed 
shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. And again, Carrie sent me some beautiful articles on that. I never really thought much about the bruised reed and smoking flax. Um, but in one article, it, it speaks about Isaiah, the aged prophet, disheartened, it may be, by repeated failures, oppressed by discouragement, still clung to the ideal of a world consciously governed by divine law, and resigned himself to wait with the isolated portions of creation for its certain establishment. It may be, too, that he recognized the similarity between the bruised reed and his own rejected message, between the smoking flax and the sluggish perception of his people. So, but then it says, but then he realized, because he, he wrote later, they also that err, erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. Out of the pain and disappointment which attended the seeming failure of his mission came the healing tenderness of that mighty uplift into fuller prophetic vision embracing the world and illustrating so forcefully that message from the seer of our later age. This is Eddie. The very circumstance which your suffering sense deems wrathful and afflictive, love can make an angel entertained unawares. So through the darkest night, we can know that good will come of it if we keep keep working on it, keep praying, keep asking God. And then that beautiful hymn we have, If Thou the Bending Reed Wouldst Break, by thought or word unkind, pray that his spirit you partake, who loved and healed mankind. Seek holy thoughts and heavenly strain that make men one in love remain. So beautiful, the words of Mrs. Eddy. Mm -hmm. I know Thomas wanted to do, and maybe eventually he's wanted to get into the poetry of Mrs. Eddy. We'll wait till we're done with Revelation, but she's written so many beautiful things, so healing. I have a poetry class. <laughs> I know, besides Bible along study. With Bible study. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then I also looked, oh. No, go ahead. I, I also looked up, because I didn't know what the bruised reed and smoking flax was, uh -huh. and I looked that up, too. And um, my information comes from Got Questions, but it was, I, I, I just, suddenly I just realized, I love that verse. It's just, it's so, uh, explains the compassion. What it says is, um, those whom he healed were the bruised reed. And the smoking flax. The prophecy was that Jesus would not extinguish the struggling flame of those who needed him. In his grace and mercy, he would not snuff out the dying embers of the faith he encountered. Rather, he was intent on fanning those flames to burn brightly for him. The prophecy that Jesus fulfilled is that the smoking flax he would not quench. It's a prophecy that speaks of Christ's compassionate care for the frail, demoralized, and exploited. And then it goes on to give the a few examples, like the sinful woman who anointed Jesus' feet was a smoking flax. The widow of, widow of man was a smoking flax as she walked in the funeral procession for her only son. But Jesus restored her son's life and turned her grief into joy. The man with the demon-possessed boy was a smoking flax when he cried, I believe, help my, help my unbelief. And Jesus gave him the faith he requested and released his son from bondage. And I just, suddenly that verse took on a whole new meaning for me. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. That should be in, in the Liberator, so you can send it to Jeremy, or we can put it online even. That's a beautiful explanation of it. Where did that come from? That came from Got Questions. Oh, from Got Questions. Well, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah. like it. That's great. That is a beautiful explanation of it. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. And so, in the Bible again, the beginning, it says, 
Now thus saith the Lord that created thee, thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Now, how do we know that one? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a mug soon with that group. Um, You are mine on it. (laughs) The chosen was very. Yes. Yes. Of course, it's first episode, season one. Yep. Yeah, but it's very beautiful, and um, that thought that you that you are so loved by God, He knows your very name, and you are His. He knows each and every one of us. So. And I looked up that word formed because it's in this Bible section twice. The shape or external appearance of the body, the figure, beauty, elegance, splendor, dignity, the image and likeness of, to make or to cause to exist, to shape or mold or fashion. So remember that when you think your form isn't what it should be. God formed you. You can claim that. Do you claim beauty, elegance, splendor, dignity? Do you claim to be that image and likeness of God who formed you and created you? And you see, this is what keeps us so safe, knowing that he is our creator and gave us this purpose. And one of my favorite statements in science and health is, you know, our ancestry, the beautiful, the good, and the pure. In science and health, it just says our ancestors are beautiful, good, and pure. However you want to think about it, I mean, that's the first edition, the second quote. However you want to think about it, think about it, okay? Don't be thinking, oh, I've got something because Aunt Tilly did. Please do not be thinking that as a Christian scientist. Please do not just verboten, impossible. You do not go there. I mean, how can you claim yourself to be a Christian scientist and think those things? You've got to smack that down so fast, so furiously, that it never comes to your consciousness again. Either you know God is your father and mother, or you're dilly-dallying around with the human mortal mind sense of things. And guess what? You will seem to experience whatever it is you're dreaming about. It'll be a dream, but why dream that dream? Why even go there? And you see, this goes back to the watching point. Where is your loyalty, for heaven's sakes? Are you loyal to God? God? Father, Mother, God? Do you claim him all the time as his is your source of all good? Please do. Or otherwise, you're not worthy of the name. You really are not. You, you're not You're not living the science. These are ways you do not live the science, and yet you think you are. Because I, I hear it in the practice sometimes. Oh, I've got something, and you know, I know that's... Well, I won't say the words, but... <laughs> You know, yes. practice on yourself, yes. and you'll know, practice on the other person. You are. You are. It's all a lie. You don't tolerate it. Zero tolerance of anything like that. And then the, the beautiful stories that we have here of, um, well, first the John, and then the beautiful story of Christ Jesus, the Immaculate Conception. And, um, Dear Louise sent me a a reminder, too, of Mrs. Eddy. Remember when she was talking to a dear friend when she was um, going to have Mary? And she was, Mary came a little later in their life, and she was getting these wonderful thoughts about this child was going to be so special. And and, uh, the mother, Abigail, felt almost sinful for even thinking that. But what was brought forth was something quite wondrous. And it was all God doing, all God. And again, in Martha Wilcox, however right idea, the Annunciation. 
In this annunciation, Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And then Martha, Martha Wilcox says, This Annunciation by the Virgin Mary is the greatest poem in Hebrew literature. I will say it is the greatest poem that has ever been written. And how true, how beautiful. I think we're going to sing that today. Faith will sing that Annunciation in our meeting. And Mrs. Wilcox also says, Mary knew that with God, her own mind, all things were possible. She knew that in all these experiences, the might of God or mind came to the human consciousness as powerful expressions of good. And then these mental, spiritual impressions were externalized to mankind in concrete, visible forms. This whole section of the power of a right idea is so very important. You all should study it and read it, especially this section on Mary. And as I've said, so we can pray and bring into our consciousness, our lives, the millennium. And um, how wonderful is that? And what does Mrs. Eddy say about a small group of wise thinkers? More powerful than a room full of dullards. Right. <laughs> And then, I don't know, too, about a, a bomb. Isn't that the one, too? Anyway, it's very powerful. It's the most powerful thing on Earth. And um, I know, I think we do it individually, uh, but we also do it collectively, bringing the millennium, the reign of Christ for a thousand years. So, but this work must be done. You know, this idea that it's a done deal, it's got to be done. All right? This is Eddie has said if, if the uh, what the disciples had watched Gethsemane, the world might be far more advanced now. We don't want to just lug, lug, lug along. And and whenever we think, oh, it's a done deal, everything's going to be fine, yippity-dippity, well, then everybody just snores away. The work must be done, and it must be done joyously because it's a great privilege on earth. So we have this, and we also have the Holy Ghost coming. And what does Mrs. Eddy said the Holy Ghost is? The idea of spirit. Well, divine spirit. Divine science. It's, it's really Christian science. It came to, it came to, and John, with John, it came with um, Mary, certainly. And also... I love in Science and Health Spirit, God gathers unformed thoughts into their proper channels and unfolds these thoughts, even as he opens the petals of a holy purpose, in order that the purpose may appear. And that that is how we must view all creation, God's unfoldment. And what did you write about that, Linda? Uh, I looked up the word accretion, and it was to increase, build up, like increased by external addition, where when you read unfoldment, it, the definition is to open to the view, reveal, especially to make clear by gradual disclosure. And I just thought it was very beautiful. And it, I realized I was thinking about rushing in particular, how rushing uh, is so anti-unfoldment. <laughs> and uh, I looked up the word rush and it said rash or headlong action, undue eagerness to act. And it's so easy to think that you just have to jump in and do things. And uh, that is, it seems the, so the opposite of the unfoldment. And uh, I came across uh, something in miscellaneous writings where Mrs. Eddy says, quote, the currents of human nature rush in against the right course, health, path, and happiness. And life flow not into one of their channels. The law of love saith not my will, but thine. And Christian science proves that human will is lost in the divine. And then a, a few lines later, it says, Jesus kept 
peace with God. <laughs> oh, that's quote. beautiful. Yeah. That's such a beautiful quote. Yes. Untempered zeal. You know, sometimes even in your will at wanting to help or help, do something, yeah. you can just rush in and yep. you no, stately goings of mind. Um, Carrie sent me a beautiful article called Lessons from Rosebuds that we'll have in the Liberator. And it, it's about, you know, <laughs> trying to open up a rosebud, you'll ruin it. Yeah. It must unfold in all its, all its glory. And it's uh, a beautiful little article and the lessons learned from that. But today we're going to end on something I love very much by Una Willard. Called your background. Does the argument come to you that you didn't come from a good family or have the same opportunities as someone else? Stand on the fact that you came forth from God, that your background is God Himself. You came forth from the background of the infinite grandeur of mind, from the capabilities and capacities of principle itself. You came forth from the sound and stable foundation of truth. Sincerity, genuineness, and fidelity are the very nature of your being. Thou art truth's honest child of pure and sinless heart. Hymn number 382. You came forth from and are the substance of spirit. You are the loved of God. Your whole background is the background of love, and love only. And there never has been, and never can be, a power that can change the status of love's child. You emerged from the background of radiance and beauty. You were made of the inspiration and stimulation of soul. Life eternal is your life. You were not created delicate or weak or with a predisposition to take cold and have indigestion. You were created of life substance, and life can never be less than vigorous and warm and energetic and spontaneous. You are life expressing itself. Then there is never anything less than life in your being. Your sense, faculties, and functions are operated by life, principle, mind, soul, spirit, truth, love. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.